Thames Teaching Tips. This is a new podcast for teachers, specifically for trainee teachers and early career teachers. Um, but if you are a teacher who's been in the profession for a few years and you're struggling with classroom management or strategies that aren't working for you in the classroom, or struggling with the work-life balance, then this is also for you. So please stay tuned and listen in. Now, here I will share some strategies that have worked for me in the classroom and also the do's and don'ts for teaching, specifically PE teaching, because I am a trained PE teacher. But a lot of the strategies that I'll be talking about, a lot of the do's and don'ts can also be for teachers who teach other subjects in the classroom, other classroom-based lessons, because they're strategies that can work in the classroom and for PE teachers in sports or on the field. Now, as a PE teacher, I taught a lot of year 12 and 13 lessons. I taught vocational courses, so I was in the classroom quite a lot of the time. So a lot of these strategies... Um, can be used in the classroom or for PE teachers out in the sports hall, on the field, or uh, on the goals pitch. So today, the first thing that we're going to be focusing on is how to improve your work-life balance. Now, teacher well-being is quite a concern at the moment with the recent teacher strikes that have taken place and the teaching profession being one of those progression professions with the most amount of unpaid overtime. Now, if we weren't to rule, that would have a detrimental effect on our students because there just isn't enough time during school day for us to plan all our lessons, to mark our books, to set assignments, and could be all the other additional administrative tasks senior management place upon us. But there are things that we can do as teachers to improve our work-life balance and therefore improve our well-being. Now, our well-being isn't considered a priority in some schools, and we even don't see it as a priority ourselves when we put off things that we enjoy doing or time to spend with our friends and family because we need to get work done before we go back into the classroom the next day or after the weekend. Now my work-life balance was terrible. It was really bad. I was working constantly. It felt like from the moment I woke up until I went to bed at night I was just working and sometimes even still working in bed when I couldn't sleep. It was my own fault because I didn't have enough time, I didn't have enough, sorry, discipline to separate work life from home life and do things that I enjoyed. I didn't speak up and get support from my colleagues. So it just felt like I was constantly working 24-7. And it got to the point where I'd open up my laptop and my son would start crying because he knew that that'd be it. I'd be gone for a few hours planning and marking. Sometimes up to five hours on a Saturday, I'll just sit and get my work done and then do the same the next day, do the same in the evening, spend hours in the evening marking and planning. Now, one of the biggest things, the first things even, that I did was take my work-related things off of my phone, which included emails, Google Drive, Google Classroom. I took it all off my phone. So I wasn't constantly checking my emails or planning and marking while I was cooking dinner, (laughs) while I was in bed trying to sleep, but I couldn't get to sleep, while I was watching TV, while I was playing with my son even. It was terrible. So I took all of that off my phone. And this actually gave me time back instantly to spend with my son. Because he used to tell, when I was playing with him and still doing stuff on my phone, checking my emails, trying to plan lessons on Mark, he would tell me to get off my phone because I'd still be working. But this is one of the biggest things that I did that actually helped me quite quickly. It gave me time back quickly because I stopped doing those things. And I started to just focus on what I was doing at the time, whether it was cooking dinner or playing with my son um, or watching TV or listening to music, reading a book. I just didn't think about work because I didn't have it on my phone. I didn't feel the need to have to. I didn't think that I could check it as easily as I could before. Um, so that helped me quite a lot to begin with. 
Something I also learned from a colleague of mine was to set out of office hours on my emails. Now, although I could still technically log into a computer or log into the, um, my emails on my phone to check it, I had to have self-discipline to stop me from doing this. But by having this, by setting an out of office hours on my emails, it's telling the people who are emailing me out of office that they're not going to get a response. So I'm trained, I train them to not email me out of hours. This meant that I would get fewer out of hour emails because people would know that, oh, there's no point me sending it to her because it would just come back as out of hours. She's not going to look at it yet. But it was also about discipline and doing this consistently. So because if you're disciplined, if you're not disciplined, you'll be checking your emails and prioritizing work over your own time. So like I said earlier, self-discipline is really, really key. I had to discipline myself to not check my emails, but by having this out of work office hours set on my phone, on my emails, sorry, people are going to be trained. I'm training my colleagues to not send me emails out of office hours, to not contact me out of office hours, which means I've got fewer and fewer emails and I got better over time at not checking my emails because my self-discipline got better. Now, as teachers, we need to start prioritizing ourselves over work. So if you've planned to go out for a walk with family, whether you're walking a dog, for example, or just going for a stroll, then do that. Don't let work encroach into that time because it's too easy for us to put things off that we want to do so we can get ahead or on top of the list of jobs that we have to do for work. Now, this is why it is also important to say no to people. If you plan to do something so for example if a colleague needs help or there's a task that needs completing that's been dumped on your lap last minute and it means that you can't do the planning or the marking that you plan to do at that time then say no because if you put other people's other people first and other things that suddenly land on your lap first then you're going to burn out because you're putting off the stuff that you wanted to at the time. So if there's a task you need to get done by Friday, and SLT's only just told you now, two days before Friday, but you want to sit and mark your books after school for that two hour, an hour and a half, and now you have to put that to one side because you've got to do this for SLT, then say no. So that's not good enough. You can have it by Monday or Tuesday because you're putting off things that you need to get done and that's going to encroach on your time later on. So maybe in the evening you're going to have to do a marking instead. So you're going to lose time with your family, time with your friends, for example, and you're going to burn out because you're constantly doing stuff, constantly working. Now, self-care is so important because as teachers, we are replaceable, unfortunately. Schools will carry on. They'll hire somebody else. Someone else will take over. But our health and our well-being are not replaceable. They are so valuable and so important. So you can say no at times when you need to. If it's going to encroach on your plans because you don't want to burn out. You don't want to have to do the tasks that you were planning on doing in the evenings or at the weekend where you were, when you're supposed to spend time with your family and loved ones. Now, setting clear boundaries between work and personal time will also help you improve your work-life balance. But it is also about being consistent and disciplined. Like I said, if you set two hours, for example, you set aside two hours for marketing and planning or planning, and then at the end of two hours, you then need to stop and go do something you enjoy that will relax you and not think about work for a while. But this is where your self-discipline comes into play. Because if you think, oh no, I'm just going to finish this off, just another half hour, just another hour, you're encroaching the time that you're going to spend with your family and friends. It's going to stress you out even more because you're not spending that time with them. You're doing work. I mean, a number of times my son used to come want to play with me. I'd shout at him because I was so stressed out. I just wanted him to leave me alone to do my work. And that was so bad. It affected my relationship with my poor son. 
But now, if I'm marking or planning, I will set aside an hour or two hours to do that. I'll say to my son, right, this time we're going to, we're going to play, so he knows. And at this, he'll come to me at that time, go, right, mum, it's time now. And I'll put everything aside and I'll go play with him because that's what I promised him. And it's better for my, my well-being and my mental health. Now, as teachers, we are very good at going it alone and forgetting the wealth of knowledge and experience that we have around us. Now, collaborating with colleagues can really help you reduce your workload and stress. So if you and a colleague, for example, both teach a year group, both teach year 12s, you both have a class each, then share the planning, alternate it, share the resources. So one of you plans one lesson, the next person plans the other lesson, you alternate it like that. Okay, it means that you'll have to stay on track somehow with that member of staff um, in terms of your teaching, but it will help you so much, it will halve your workload because you're both planning lessons for the same content, for the same subject, for the same topic. Now, you must have, hopefully you have shared drives at your school where you work. Now we have shared drive and everything we plan, we put into that shared drive. And when it comes to planning a lesson, if I'm planning, um, for example, I now teach in the SCN school. So I teach, I still teach PE and sport, but I also teach maths and English as well and ASDAN and CENTIS. But when I'm planning my lesson, specifically maths and English, I will go to that shared drive first, see what's already in there, what I might be able to use already, take and maybe read, make a copy of and rejig myself. So I don't have to spend an hour and a half trying to plan a lesson, trying to find resources online, because it may already be in there. So that is something you should do first of all, look to collaborate with staff, look to find documents, lessons, resources that are already available to you on your Google Drive. But you may not have supportive colleagues. You may be in a school with, where you've got quite a small department, um, or everyone keeps themselves. Unfortunately, there are schools out there like that, staff out there like that. But you can go online and purchase resources through TES or even Twinkle. Because at one point I was just thinking, I'm not paying for that. That's my money. I'm not paying for that. And I just spend hours trying to research <laughs> and find resources. But I learned quickly that actually, if I find a really good resource in TES and it costs me £3, £3.50, £5, and it's going to save me time, that's going to help me so much more. And same with Twinkle. If I have to pay for a Twinkle subscription and be able to find resources easily and get resources that I can use regularly for my lessons, it's going to save me so much time and so much stress in planning, then that makes sense to do that. Now, you can potentially get this money back through a tax rebate. Now, this is something I'm actually looking into currently. So um, when I can do it myself, I'll let you know. But um, because it's for work purposes, you should be able to get this back through a tax rebate. So look into that as well. Um, but like I said, it's going to save you so much time in the long run and it's so much reduce your stress levels. It's better in the long run to just find resources and pay for them rather than searching and trying to find free resources, trying to take snippings and pick and um, screenshots of resources that you can then put in a Google Doc. It's just, it takes too long. It makes more sense paying for it yourself and downloading it. Now, what you can also do is look to contact teachers through social media and see if there's anyone out there who can share resources with you. I mean, Facebook is great for that. There are so many Facebook groups out there for teachers where that you can share resources with other teachers and get help from other teachers as well. Because having a network of teachers working together can really help with reducing your workload. It can really help with improving your work-life balance and make you less stressed and happier so you enjoy your profession, profession once again and your students get the best version of you. So overall, it's a win-win situation, it really is.
Now, I've created a new subscription service called Thames Teaching Tips, where I put lots of different strategies on, on a weekly basis um, to do with work-life balance, but also to do with strategies that will help you in the classroom in terms of classroom management, such as improving the, your ability to deal with low-level disruptions, improving your ability to deal with those chatty chart classes, learning how to use your voice effectively, learning how to deploy your TAs effectively in a lesson, establishing routines and maintaining those routines with your classes, um, as well as training teacher challenges and how to overcome these challenges. Now, this is all content that I've already produced and put in there. It's a relatively new subscription service I've set up. For £6 a month, we receive content on a weekly basis with no risk, no commitment. You can sign up and cancel at any time. So if you'd like to come join Thames Teaching Tips, um, just use the link um, where you'll find somewhere below this episode. We can just go and check it out and see what it's like. Like I said, you can cancel it in time, but it's for training teachers and early career teachers to provide you with strategies to help you because I have been a mentor over the years to both trainees and early careers teachers when they were known as NQTs, newly qualified teachers. And I know that there are trainees out there who really struggle, trainees out there who, yes, they have a mentor in a school, but for some reason their mentor just isn't as supportive as a mentor should be. Um, or because a timetable clashes, their mentor can rarely see them, rarely spend time with them. Um, so I, I know that there are trainees and ECTs out there that are struggling because they don't have the support that the school should give them, for example. Or if you're a PGC student and you're a teacher, you're in a, um, at university studying and completing your PGC, which I did many years ago, these strategies can still support you and help you and add to your repertoire and help you develop your skills. So like I said, if you would like support and you'd like help with implementing strategies, help with getting the best out of your learners, developing your skills and help with improving your work-life balance, then come join Thames Teaching Tips. Just use the link in my, pod, in my episode, somewhere below the podcast. And hopefully I will be with you next week for another episode of Thames Teaching Tips.